From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. All right, so we are in um, Genesis chapter 16. And Genesis chapter 16 is just, what can I say? Um, Abram, 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 Abram. <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, we have, well, let's just, let's just go ahead and go into uh, to Genesis chapter 16, all right? Because uh, let's just, yeah, let's just take a look at that. So we're going to start in uh, Genesis chapter 16. Ah, all right, Genesis chapter 16 or 15 is where we left off. Genesis 15, we had this covenant between Abram and God. Uh, and then we get into Genesis chapter 16, 1 through 4. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. And so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave and perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abram agreed with what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. So where do I start? So we have this promise from God, right? The promise is to Abram, you're going to have so many descendants that you can't even count them. And so 10 years go by. Uh, Abram's living in the land, the promised land, land of Canaan. And, uh, and Abram uh, is waiting and Sarai doesn't get pregnant. And Abram is waiting and Sarai doesn't get pregnant. And finally, um, after 10 years, Abram is like, what is happening? Why am I not having any children? How can this promise be fulfilled? And I'm sure that he probably comes home after a hard day of work, right? Grabs a beer out of the refrigerator, sits down, turns on sports, and just moans and complains about how he doesn't have any descendants. God promised him descendants, and he has no descendants. And he probably is getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And hey, you know, poor uh, Sarai, you know, has to live with this, this child. Well, no, I shouldn't say a child. This lives with this man, <laughs> Sorry, he's not a child. He's a 75, he's 85 years old, probably, minimum 85 years old. Um, and, uh, and he's 85 years old and he has no children, but God promised him children. Uh, and so somehow, for some reason, what was she thinking? What was he thinking? Uh, Sarai says, uh, I've got this Egyptian slave named Hagar. Now, where did the Egyptian slave come from? Well, if you remember earlier, there was a famine in the land. Uh, uh, and Abram had gone into Egypt with Sarai, pretended that Sarai was his sister, not his wife. And while he was there, because the wife was so beautiful, Pharaoh took the wife into his court and she doesn't have any children with Pharaoh. I think we know now why she has no children with Pharaoh because it wasn't time yet to have children with Pharaoh for whatever reason. Um, and so she's in Pharaoh's court. Uh, Abram is there in the Egyptian area and Pharaoh is just lavishing upon Abram all these things, goods, 
uh, and slaves. And so one of the things that he ends up with coming out of Egypt is a slave named Hagar. Uh, this is um, a woman, probably younger than Sarai, maybe very young, who knows? And Sarai says, listen, you're not having children with me. Why don't you sleep with my slave? And maybe you can have a family with her. Now, I don't know if Sarai just came up with this idea by herself or if it was all the complaining and, the, and just the, the complaining that Abraham, that Abram at this point was having about how he had no children, you know, sitting there every day. But whatever reason, she says, have my slave. Now, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, now, I know you're thinking, hey, this was 6,000 years ago. This is how they operated. They had, you know, women were more like property, you know. Um, this is, uh, th this is uh, the way they did things back then. Uh, you know, men could have multiple wives. Um, but um, I, just, I just want to pause and say to you that I have known... Uh, not biblically known. I've only known biblically <laughs> one wife. Um, the uh, the I have uh, met a lot of women and talked to a lot of women, and I have not yet met a woman. Maybe there's out there who is really, really, really happy when her husband uh, sleeps around with other women. I mean, I, I I am I'm not familiar with if this woman exists. I'd like to meet her someday, have a conversation. It might be very, very interesting. But uh, I, I, human nature is what it is, woman nature what it is, man nature what it is. Uh, and you all know uh, kind of all these players and this sort of thing. I don't know even 6,000 years ago how this makes any sense. It just doesn't. It's got danger signs written all over it. Uh, now, I understand sometimes you take the danger, you take the risk, particularly if your husband is coming home every day complaining because God hasn't gotten him any children. Uh, you've received no children through me, so here, fine, take my slave, you know, and we'll be done with it. Um, but I, in every world that I've existed, when I've seen uh, men and women who are married, you know, interact with each other, I just, this has danger written all over it. I I don't think it's a good idea. I, throughout all of human history, of all the human history I've read, particularly in Jewish history, Christian history, um, I haven't read a lot of history about other cultures. Maybe they're a bit different, but I do know that the human condition doesn't change very much. But I know of no idea or I just don't know where in the world it ever makes any sense for a man to, uh, you know, purposely do this kind of thing. It's going to cause all sorts of problems. I can almost guarantee it. And, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, the Levitical laws and stuff like that, there's stuff about how if the, you know, your brother dies and he has a wife and she doesn't have any children, you know, there's things that you're required to do. Um, but even with that, you know, I believe very, very strongly that a man and a woman are very much like many, many animals in nature that mate for life. 
And I believe that men and women should mate for life. And I think there's something about our brains that get rewired, our life, our soul, our spirit, when we um, start mating with a woman uh, and have that woman, marry that woman, uh, there is a deep, indelible bond that's there that's very, very, very powerful that should not be broken lightly uh, and it should be nurtured and kept. Um, and I don't know, I don't know of any culture, there probably are, but it just, it just screams to me that this is the worst thing that Abram could be doing. It's the worst thing that Sarai could be doing. Um, so uh, let's just go back and take a look at it. We'll continue on. Uh, she said, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Abram, 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 Abram. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai his wife took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. We'll go on. Uh, well, yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, no, we'll, we'll go on. Um, so uh, we'll just see how this works out for, well, for Abram, okay? So uh, here we go. Verse 4. When she knew she was pregnant, this is Hagar, she began to despise her mistress. Surprise! Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands. Abram said, Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, and so Hagar fled from Sarai. Okay, that's a big surprise. Hagar gets pregnant, and all of a sudden there's jealousy between Sarai and Hagai, uh, Hagar. Uh, and Sarai comes and puts it all in the feet of Abram. Says, this is your fault. Not having any children, I gave you the slave woman, and you did what I told you to do. And then she became pregnant. Now she has a child, and I am just really really, really, really angry. Um, she probably came into the house. She probably picked up China. She probably threw it at Abram. She probably, who knows? Uh, it probably was not a happy day in Abram's house when uh, Hagar got pregnant. Um, and this was not unsuspected, right? I mean, this this shows you way back, even at the time of Abram, that the nature of women is such that they want to be loved exclusively. And I, I, have, I know this from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you probably know this from the bottom of your heart. Uh, when women are not loved exclusively, treated as queens, treated as the most important thing in your life, things can go south really, 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 really fast. Um, it is not a hard thing to do. It really, really, truly is not a hard thing to do, to love a woman. I understand that there was a lot of pressure on Abram. You know, he's got to keep God's covenant. He's, you know, he's responsible to make sure that God follows through with the covenant. You know, it's not, you know, we can't say, hey, God, you did this. You take care of it. No, we've got to, we've got to take matters into our own hands. He does. He takes matters into his own hands and all things fall apart. It's what we tell our 
children all the time. All of human history problems could be solved if men would just keep it in their pants. All right, that's, that's, <laughs> how did I just say that? But that's we, it's just, it, all of human condition, all of nature, all the things are because we're created by God to mate, right, with one relationship uh, and we should nurture and keep that relationship as wonderful and as fantastic as possible. And when you don't do that, that's when all the problems start, right? That is when it just all goes south. And it goes back thousands of years. This isn't a new epiphany. And I know that Hollywood uh, and books and novels um, try to treat it differently, that it's okay, that you can have multiple relationships, uh, you can have multiple, you know, uh, people in your life that you put uh, in this prime position as being a spouse and that that's okay. But I am telling you right here as I sit here and I look at the world around me and I look at all the pain and the suffering and the death, I say, no, it is not true. The happiest you can ever be is to have one person in your life that you love deeply with all your heart uh, and to treat that person the best way that you can treat them, to help them grow the best way that they can grow so that they can be the person that God wants them to be. That's your job is to help them grow, to love them, to nurture them, and to be with them until death parts you. Uh, I, I just Jennifer said that John Travolta's wife just passed away, and I don't think she was very old. I guess she passed away from uh, breast cancer or something like that. I mean... And I think he lost his son uh, younger too. I mean, poor John Travolta. That uh, that has to be, it has to be hard living in Hollywood. I, I can't imagine this would be hard for me to act out like I'm in love with somebody else and have those emotions and try to portray those emotions on the screen and then to go home and actually love somebody else. Um, I just think I think that's hard. I don't know how I don't know how you would do that um, because that's not how we were created. We're created to love deeply, and Abram was created to deeply love Sarai, and he does. But for some reason, and I don't know why, she decides to take matters in her own hands. He takes matters in his own hands, and they move forward. She gets she gives the slave uh, uh, Hagar, and Hagar has a child. And we know this is not going to go end well. Uh, and so Abram says, do with her whatever you think best. So Sarai starts to mistreat Hagar. So Hagar flees. I mean, this is not unsuspecting, uh, which is interesting um, because was Hagar allowed to flee? Um, what was the relationship of the slaves in uh, Abram's time, he has this slave in his household, but why was she a slave? And where did the slave come from? Because different slaves, um, the same word is used for servant as slave, right? Uh, so it could be a servant that's just traveling around with minimal rights, or it could be a servant, a slave with no rights. I mean, there's different types of things that go on 
6,000 years ago. And actually, I found a paper uh, that was published recently. Um, well, not recently, it was in 2000. Here, I'll show it to you. Um, this is... This is Slave Systems of the Old Testament in the American South, and it's by Nathan Anderson, and it comes from Brigham Young, Studia Antigua, Volume 3, Number 1. And basically he says this, Through a sketch pad of the Israelite slave system, though a sketch pad of the Israelite slave system is available in Old Testament text, it is still difficult to ascertain exactly how biblical masters and slaves related to one another on a daily basis. How should modern biblical readers understand slavery in the Bible? They should understand that slavery did exist and probably flourished in ancient Israel. However, biblical slavery can be distinguished from southern slavery in important ways. The Old Testament slave laws established a threshold level of humanity and dignity, which the Israelites were obligated not to cross. Whereas the southern slave system negated the existence of the person, evidencing a total devaluation of humanity, the check that prevented the Israelite slave system from paralleling the southern slave system was the realization by each Hebrew master that they too were slaves to their God. Wow. So... Um, and he goes on, he talks, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit, talk about slavery in the, in the Old Testament. But basically, in the Old Testament, uh, Hebrew slave owners uh, understood that they were servants to God, that, that the slave owners were servants to God, and so the slaves or the masters, the servants or whatever in the household, the, master, the slaves or the servants in the household also had a basic level of human dignity in their lives, that they were allowed to be treated a certain way. And so we are going to, uh, we'll spend some time, it's a fascinating paper. It talks about how they were obtained and how they were treated and all that sort of thing. And I think as we go into Genesis uh, and see some of the stories that come along afterwards, I think it's just really, really helpful to see how slaves were obtained and how they were treated and how they were, uh, you know, how they were gotten rid of or how they were, you know, moved on from that slavery position. And depending upon how they were obtained uh, was different for each one of them. So actually, I think what we'll do is we'll probably spend some time on that tomorrow. So I think we'll end it here. Um, so um, again, thanks for joining me. Uh, God's richest blessings uh, on the rest of your day. We will get together tomorrow at 8 o'clock, and um, let's just close in prayer. Dear God, we truly are uh, your servants, uh, but you have elevated us from a servant position to a son and daughter position through your son Jesus, and for that we thank you and praise you. Um, be with us for the rest of the day. Uh, keep us safe and bring us again tomorrow safely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.